y'all. Welcome to the Marty Smith's America podcast. This is volume 58, and I have had quite a week in the past, what is it, maybe eight days, nine days, or something like that. I have been all over creation. If any of you guys listened to volume 57, as you know, I was on the road uh, from June 10th all the way through the 14th, all over the South producing these unique content, original content productions, videos for Academy Sports and Outdoors, my great partner. And they're so interesting. I mean, we went striper fishing in Georgia. We went catfish noodling in Mississippi. We went bullfrog grabbing in Louisiana. We went kayaking in Lake Marion in Santee, South Carolina. And we do these awesome videos that really accentuate the outdoors and how invigorating it is to be outdoors, especially in a time when so many of us are so transfixed on our devices all the time. That includes my kids. I worry we're raising a generation that won't be able to look each other in the eye and ask how your day is. They'll have to text it to each other. But I guess I'll keep on beating that drum in my house. It drives my kids crazy. They're like, Daddy, we know. Stop this. Anyway, I'm trying my best, y'all. Quite a week. And then um, then I got home, and I went right back to New Orleans. I was home for Father's Day. Had a great Father's Day evening with my kids and my wife. And we went out to dinner and enjoyed that. Had a couple cold beers. And then I got on a plane at 6 a.m. on Saturday and flew to New Orleans. And here's the reason. The reason that I went to New Orleans is ESPN wanted me to go there and try to encapsulate the excitement and the anticipation for having the number one pick in the NBA draft. Uh, I was in New York City for the draft lottery, and I experienced just how ticked off all those Knicks fans were that they didn't get the number one pick. Most people felt like they would. And most people felt like with that number one pick, the New York Knicks would take Zion Williamson. The assumption now is that the New Orleans Pelicans will take Zion Williamson and all of his astounding athleticism and all of the brand and the iconic dunks and the smile and everything that comes with it. And so we went down to New Orleans. We spent two days, myself and and my producer, Dale Malden, Uh, out of L.A., we met in New Orleans, and I wanted to do my very best to try to make the soul of New Orleans come through your television, and I'll discuss with you how we did that, but before I get to that trip to New Orleans and the way that it impacted me, I want to remind you guys that hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is, in fact, simple, fast, and smart a place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place, Travis, is ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter. What if you had your own personal recruiter, Travis, to help you find a better job? Now ZipRecruiter's technology can do that for you. Just download the ZipRecruiter job search app, let it know what kind of jobs you're interested in, and its technology starts doing all the work for you. The ZipRecruiter app finds jobs you'll like and puts your profile in front of employers who may be looking for someone just like you. If an employer likes your profile, ZipRecruiter lets you know. So if you're interested in their job, you can apply to their job. 
No wonder ZipRecruiter is the number one rated job search app. My listeners should download the free ZipRecruiter job search app today, right now. Let the power of their technology work for you. Don't wait. The sooner you download the free ZipRecruiter job search app, the sooner it will help you find a better job. So I go to New Orleans, and Travis, I love New Orleans. You been to New Orleans? I have not. I've never been there. I uh, The only time I've ever been in Louisiana was for the LSU game this past year. So that was, you know, 72 hours. LSU-Bama. Yeah. And, and Travis had his first experience with Saturday night in Death Valley. It is – look, man, Travis is an Ohio State Buckeye. He loves the shoe. I grew up going to Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia, inner Sandman, Hokies, the whole thing. Uh, we've been to Alabama. We've been to Ole Miss and the Grove. We've been – to I've not been to the Rose Bowl. I've never been to the Rose Bowl. Kirk Curb Street and all the boys on game day will tell you that is the singular best college football experience, maybe sporting moment that they've ever experienced. Those guys love the Rose Bowl. I have to go at some point. Some people will tell you that the greatest sporting experience is the Army-Navy game. I've not experienced that either. I have to do that. Most people that have gone there and been immersed in the Army-Navy game will tell you it's unparalleled. So I have to do that. Maybe we can convince Louise and the folks to let us go do a podcast or something at the Army-Navy game this year, and Travis and I can go uh, go have that moment. But I will tell you, for my money, it does not get better than Saturday night in Death Valley in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and especially when the Tide is in town or Auburn's in town, Georgia. It is electric. It's so, it it's soaked in bourbon. Electric. It's when the pirates come out to play. It's it's everything. It is pirates, but they're very kind pirates. One thing I love about Louisiana, and this is one reason that I wanted to try to accomplish the piece that I went to New Orleans to accomplish. I love their passion. I love their kindness. I love their authenticity, and I love their resilience. They have every one of those attributes in that state. They've been through hell in a lot of ways. They've experienced great tragedy with Katrina. They've experienced great heartbreak with the floods in Baton Rouge. They've been through it, and they always keep coming. So I wanted to go to New Orleans and find that soul. So here was what I asked my bosses if I could try to produce. I wanted to write an open letter to Zion Williamson from the soul of New Orleans. And by doing that, champion that city and that state and everything that they are. They are unbelievable food. The most impactful food possibly on the globe. The global impact of the food in New Orleans is unmistakable. The music, the music in New Orleans carries its soul on the wind. The New Orleans Saints are a heartbeat for that city. Drew Brees is God in that town. Drew Brees put that town on his shoulders. He championed that town. And Travis, what I learned being immersed in New Orleans, Louisiana, was this. Invariably, we probably chatted with a hundred different people. We, we hosted a crawfish bowl where I helped uh, make the crawfish bowl and I fellowshiped with probably 50 people, uh, at this really cool, they had this really cool food truck 
area that has a bar in the middle of it. Very neat. And went there and we invited some hardcore Pelicans fans to come and fellowship with us. And invariably, they said this sentiment. If you love us, we're going to love you back. If you champion New Orleans, we have your back forever. And they even mentioned guys like Reggie Bush. You know, Reggie Bush hasn't played for the Saints forever. But they love him there. He's beloved in New Orleans. And then Drew Brees is a whole other level. Drew Brees is one of the most impactful people ever in that city. They love that man because he loves them. And I I, I brought up the fact that, that, as we were discussing this, so many people mentioned Breeze's influence and how he is the voice and how he has embraced New Orleans and championed New Orleans. And I just broached the fact. I said, you guys are forgetting something. You guys are forgetting the fact that when Drew Brees showed up in New Orleans, he was damaged goods. And he had so much to prove, too. And you embraced him. And so he is reciprocating that love. And it's so cool to see. So I wanted to go down there, and I wanted to try to disseminate that passion and that authenticity and that soul and that hope as a platform for the excitement for Zion coming to New Orleans. And Travis, those folks were so appreciative that we came there to champion their town. And I just found that to be so fascinating that they don't feel properly represented in the national narrative. And they all said when we were leaving that night, Dale and I had to leave that night from New Orleans, and we went two and a half hours west to a town called Kaplan where we got up at dawn and jumped on a crawfishing boat. And we spent time with them old Cajuns down there learning how to collect the crawfish, and I did it with them. I did it with them for hours. Boy, it was hot and humid too. As we're... As we're all over the state of Louisiana, everyone said the same thing to us as we departed and as we bid them adieu. Please, please represent us well. And I believe we did that. I I hope that they feel we've done that because they embraced me. I'll be honest with you, Travis. I had a little bit of trepidation because the way I wrote the piece I did it in first person from the soul of the city. So I will, the, I'll cut you off. Go. So I, we, I, we tracked some lines. So I heard your part and I actually watched the piece and it felt like you walked into a, a little party that they were just throwing. And I think you were able to portray what you wanted to. My one question is, how spicy was that crawfish bowl? Cause I saw you sticking your finger oh. in there to get a little taste of it and it seemed like it had a little kick to it. Dude, so let's go back to the academy thing uh, that I discussed a moment ago and I discussed on last week's podcast. I learned during an academy shoot how to actually make a crawfish bowl. All the steps, all the vegetables, all the spices, how you boil it, all those things. So ironically, right before I go to New Orleans to host this crawfish bowl, I had learned the previous week how to actually do it. Now, I don't know how to do it. I am as rookie as they come. I've helped with one crawfish bowl in my life. I'll tell you this. The one that we did in in NOLA, the one that we did in NOLA was spicy to a degree. Like, it was so much 
spicier than the one that we did in Monroe the, the week before. I, just smelling the spice that they pour, that we pour in the, in the pot, it will choke you up if you're not like a native and immune to that. It's unbelievable. It's like you got pepper sprayed, man. But I still have to really, I'm not very good at peeling them. What you do is, you you twist the tail off of the crawfish, all right, and the meat comes c- kind of comes out. You're supposed to suck the head of the crawfish where all these spices have marinated into that head of that crawfish, and that is a kick in the pants, let me tell you. And then there's a very specific way that you peel the tail and pull the meat out of the tail, and you eat the meat out of the tail. It's delectable. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it. It is. It's a lot of work. And I'm just not good at peeling them yet. It's like, man, life is reps. Everything is reps in this life. I need more reps. Well, they, they, they grow up down there. Like, that's something that you do. That's a rite of passage. Like, little kids, that's what they, like, grow up on. Yeah, that's absolute truth. And so I had a blast with them down there. I had a blast on that crawfishing boat. Uh, I hung out with, uh, with, with three old guys who'd been crawfishing forever and ever. And had owned a crawfish farm for a decade or so now. They had bought it from an old lady named Miss Rose. And they made it a bed and breakfast. And it was just so cool. You talk about the middle of nowhere now. It was the middle of nowhere. But I really enjoyed their time. And and it's cool, man, because they have these submerged fields where they 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 breed i don't know how you even say it grow the crawfish breed the crawfish i don't know what it is farm the crawfish and they go out in these boats and the boats have a huge steering wheel on the back of them and and it's almost like a car like you could drive this boat on land too so you there are baskets there are like 400 baskets in this field and you, you, you know, you manually grab these baskets out of the field, you turn and you dump them onto this platter. And the platter has, um, has these hooks that you, there are 30 pound bags that you affix to the, to the platter and you can shove the crawfish live into these sacks. And then they take those sacks and it's like farm to table, man. And it's just, it was fascinating. And crawfish are interesting to me because they just look like mini lobsters. And you, you, I, I always like in my mind, now we ate them in Virginia when I was a kid, but they were grayer. They were a more gray color. These ones down there in the bayou, man, they are red. And just really interesting culture to me. Uh, I learned so much and I still have plenty more to learn. Now I want to ask you, so you did crawfish. You also did noodling last week. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. I, I kind of did. So I'll try to explain to you what happened to us. So this is some weird stuff. I had never, I'd seen it on the internet, but I never had any desire to actually do it. Because what you're doing is you're shoving your arm in a hole underneath a river. And the catfish, big old monsters, they bite your arm and it's your job at that point to grab them and rip them out of this hole, and you're catching them like a Neanderthal, and you you pull them out of the hole and you pull them out of the lake. And so that was one of the things that we were going to do for Academy. And we go, and we go to Grenada Lake, Mississippi. 
And one of our veterans, a guy named Brian, who fought for our freedom in the conflict over in the sandbox, he was my guide. And he'd been, he's been doing this for 20 years. All right? An awesome guy. He had these other two guys there with him who were younger men. And they looked like they were born on the water. There was one old boy named Corey, and he smoked uh, cool menthols. And he would sit there and, and like look around the lake and walk through the lake while he's burning this heater. And he's got three inches of ash hanging off this cool menthol. He don't care. Meanwhile, he's got a dip of something called longhorn in his lip at the same time. That's like, uh, uh, that's like, uh, cheap Copenhagen. Did he have a cold beer in his hand too? No, he didn't have any cold beer yet. I think he was on the way to get one when we got done. Anyway. That was the one thing I was missing. Long story short, we get in this, what was a submerged cotton field. It was once a cotton field. So there's still like, like all kinds of foliage from this cotton field underneath the water. It's chin deep. I'm walking chest to chin deep the whole time, freezing cold, just like shivering. I'm so cold. The other guys that do it all the time were wearing wetsuits. And so, they have submerged, they built these boxes, Travis. They're three feet wide by five feet long. All right. And they submerge them underneath the water as a some, as, as a, as a habitat for the catfish to breed in, to lay their eggs in, to live in. And that's where they go down in there to get them catfish to noodle them. Yeah, I ain't sticking, they submerged. I ain't sticking 18, my arm down in to get them. Yeah, man. Hold on. You you ain't heard anything yet. If you are claustrophobic, catfish noodling is not your thing. Let me tell you what I did, man. So first of all, I will tell you, we saw nary a catfish. And all those guys said in the 20 years they've been doing it, that's never happened before. So as we do on the Marty Smith's America podcast, there's going to be a round two. I'm going back to Mississippi because I had a mission. And that mission was unfulfilled. But I did experience this. I went underneath the water and I put my body inside that box under the water. All right. It's basically putting yourself in a coffin underneath the water. And if you have any level of claustrophobia, you would freak the hell out. Yeah, I'm not claustrophobic, but I think I'm good. I'll uh, I'll go down there and watch you do it again, but I think I'm good. Man, it was something to behold. And I had jacked myself up. Like, again, I had no real desire to have my arm bitten off by a 40-pound catfish. Well, it's not something I've really had in my to-do list. But I did it, and I was jacked up, and I was ready, and alas, it did not happen. So... I'm still here with a mission unfulfilled, a mission not yet accomplished, and it must be accomplished before I can feel fulfilled by my catfish noodling extravaganza. Thank you all for listening to Storytime with the Marty Party. It was brought to you by ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire, but that's not all. Now it's time for Storytime with Travis. My story's not the only one. Travis has been holding this close to the vest. Travis went to a Chris Young concert, and we get to hear about it. And it's going to be brought to you by Tissot. Tissot is the official watch of the NBA. 
shop at us.tesoshop.com. Now, Travis has been holding this story for this podcast. He told me on a text message that he had a good one, and I can't wait to hear it. All right, man. What are you going to do, bud? We're going to drink one of these beers. Hand me one of them damn beers real quick. What's up, man? Party party. There's a little story slash PSA for uh, guys that go to concerts with uh, either a, a, a friend or a girlfriend. So we're at the – it was Dylan Scott, Chris Jansen, Chris Young. And so Chris Young is playing, and uh, there's like a group of – 10 of us that went and then there's like 10 empty seats and then a group of like three girls and three guys and this girl you can tell she's into the concert but her friends are kind of just like him hauling around not really into it so the row below us is empty and i'm like i'm gonna go dance with this girl over there i look at my buddy jerry and i'm like jerry i don't know if she's these dudes are with her or what the deal is but she looks lonely wants to have some fun i'm gonna dance if something happens i need some backup you got me he goes i got you so i go down there and start to dance with a girl and she wants to dance so i'm spinning around yada 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 having fun nothing too crazy but travis doing travis yeah you know i had yeah, had, a, had a few pops in me and uh you know at one point i turned around and my, so my because she's in the row behind me and put my back to her and she puts her arms around me and we're dancing spin around song ends thank you for the dance i go back over not two minutes later marty one of the guys that was with the group then moved to the left of her, basically then boxing me out from any future dancing with her. Uh, PSA to guys, if you bring a girl to a concert, dance with her and have some fun, or else guess what? I'm coming over there to dance with her. All right, that's good. See, listen, you got to be aggressive. I appreciate the fact that you made her feel special. Uh, you, you showed her great attention. You had fun with her. A little liquid courage goes a long way. And, uh... Yeah, old homeboy. He got jealous, Travis. He was jealous. He was. You could tell that he wasn't a big country uh, country fan and just wanted to stand there and just kind of, you know, not have fun. Well, guess what? Country concerts about having fun and dancing with people around you, and so you know, had to spin around. About the fellowship, man. Had to it's spin around about a few the times. Fellowship, and I think that's a solid PSA. So, fellas, if you are going to go see Chris Young on the tour he has right now, and speaking of that, he go put he put on a hell of a show. Him, what? Chris Jansen, and Dylan Scott. Those, yeah, Jansen. Those so three Jansen, boys. Jansen has this song uh, called Take a Drunk Girl Home. And, man, it is it is like as a father of daughters, it is – it makes me cry almost. It's so brilliantly written and so brilliantly delivered by Chris – and the basic premise of the song is you think by the way that he builds it up lyrically and by its name, uh, its title, you know, you think it's going to be like, oh, yeah, we're getting drunk at the bar and we're going to go home together. Uh, but what it is, it's being a man. It's it's if, if a young lady has had a couple too many, you walk her home. You make sure she's okay. You put her keys on the counter. You write your number down on the counter and say, if you need anything, here's my number. And you make sure she's well cared for. And it's, again, as a father of young, young girls, when I heard that song for the first time, I don't know Chris. I've not met Chris. But I wanted to get his number and call him and just tell him, it is a stunning song. 
and it's so well done and I'm so appreciative of it. And Lainey and I, uh, we just love that song. And there's so many great songs that, that Chris Young has that we love as well. I'm, I'm glad it was a great show. He, he has a new one that I heard called Hold My Beer. And I, I, I feel like that he could be our anthem. Was he playing that song when you were dancing with that young lady? To be you honest, I, I forget what song it was. If you can, if, shocker, hear you, my memory on exactly the songs and everything from that night aren't exactly crystal clear. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, Tito's was one of the options that they had at the concert. So. Oh, really? Yes. They sold Tito's they, at the show? And, and your boy was rocking his Tito's bandana and I had a couple guys with me and, uh, they, I got them to rock some bandanas too. Uh, so we're, we're spreading the word that bandanas are to be worn, especially at country concerts. Well, you're speaking to Willie Nelson here, dude. You know me. Well, you're the one that got me started on it. I wear them on television. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a thing I've done since I was 10 years old where I grew up. We are where I grew up. Our high school is known as the bandana express. It was a thing back in 1980. Giles High School had a running back named Leon King, and he was one of the greatest running backs that that our state, that, that the state had ever seen. And, in fact, that team, Travis, you're too young, but some of y'all listening may not be. Notre Dame had a running back many moons ago named Alan Pinkett, and he was damn good. And my high school beat his high school in the 1980 state championship. His high school was Parkview Sterling in Virginia, and we beat a guy who went on to Notre, went on to Notre Dame and had a, a great career. But Leon King wore them bandanas and it became a thing. And it's been a tradition now for 90, 2000, 2010, 2020, 40 years. It's been a tradition in my high school and I've worn them ever since. I mean, I, I'll even every now and then, like if I'm going to a show and I don't want to have the bandana on yet, like, you know, the bandana can be a progression. It can be like, all right, I'm going to start with no bandana on, but the drunker I get, uh, the more I think, you know, it's time to put the bandana on. Mm-hmm. So it, I will have it tied to like a belt loop or in my pocket or whatever, that kind of thing. And eventually, son, there it is. And people were loving the bandana. It's a good conversational well, piece. Of course, man. Of course. You look like, you look like a karate, daggum karate kid. <laughs> Tito the Karate Kid. Yes. Tito should send you, man, he should be sending you free liquor every single month. You should be on the Tito's of the month. I don't know why we're not spokespeople for him. Man, we should be. But Uh, hey, Tito, give Travis a call. Speaking of alcohol, I kind of know the answer, but someone left a review and they want to know what's your favorite beer, Marty? Oh, my favorite beer. Yes. Uh, my favorite beer, that's hard, man. So, I don't really discriminate. So that's what I was going to say is your answer is it's whatever, it's whatever's local that the bartender gives you. Yeah. Whatever's local in a can. Now, if, if, if none of those are available, if, if I can't go into the bar and ask, Hey, what do you have local that's in a can? And if they're like nothing, we have Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light, you know, Blue Moon, Corona, whatever. I will likely choose Corona with a lime because they're so refreshing and you can drink a hundred of them. But you know what else I love? You, I love fat tire. You ever had fat tire? I've had it once or twice. I love amber beers. I just think they're so good. And fat tire is really good beer. 
and you can't go too crazy with them because they're a little bit heavy. Like you, you get into like three of those. A, you're feeling the flow, but B, man, there's a lot going on in there. So I don't know, man, unless I'm at the country show. See, everything's contextual though when it comes to cold beer consumption. Mm-hmm. If you're at the country show and you know you're going to drink 15 of them, you have like Coors Light. That's why I had the silver bullets rocking. Right. But I, so if I'm, if I'm going to do that and I'm going to drink Coors Light, I'm actually going to bring limes and I'm going to put limes in my Coors Light. My, my favorite beer, but I can't get it up here in Connecticut is Kentucky bourbon barrel ale. Wow. That's a lot going it, on. It is a little sweet. So you can only, you only have like two or three, but as you can tell by the name, it's the beer is aged and bourbon barrels. So it has little, you know, that bourbon flavor to it. Yeah. And it is, it is good and it's strong. So, you know, two or well, three and you're good, purpose. you're good to go. Yeah. Tasty and strong. Yes. That's what it's all about, right? And if you can get a hint of bourbon with anything. I mean, they're cooking chicken with bourbon these days. They're putting it on steaks. They're putting it in salads. I mean, there's like bourbon salad dressing. Wait, what? Let's go. Yeah. There's like bourbon salad dressing these days, man. I'm not a salad dressing person. I, I don't, my salads don't get any dressing, but, uh. You don't put dressing on your salad? No. So this is a, a. What the hell? Hotly contested debate here at work because people see it and they, they start to question me. I, I, my salad is basic as can be lettuce, cheese, carrots, and a choice of meat. That's my salad. Wait, repeat that? <laughs> Romaine lettuce. Uh-huh. Do, do not give me iceberg. I, I will. Iceberg's a joke. I hate it. Get it out of here. Uh, Romaine rules. Carrots, some kind of cheese, and then uh, um, some kind of meat. That's it? Yeah. Well, dang, that's weak. I'm like a, all right, give me some romaine. Give me a like piece of grilled salmon or some grilled shrimp, some grilled chicken, something like that. Give me some pistachios, some tomatoes. I like strawberries and pineapples. Give me some walnuts or candied pecans give me like i go crazy man like i love to have oh i love legumes i love it man like i'll go crazy with my salad we got this place in charlotte called bad daddy's burger bar they have this salad deal where you can choose from like 50 different items to put on your salad and it rocks in fact i might have to go get one when we're done yeah i've always been a basic salad and people I, that's I, a problem. I feel like times people have thought I need about to grow your horizons, man. Listen, I eat a lot of things, but I'm also picky at times, and I, I don't want to, like I don't like tomatoes. I don't want that on my salad. I love tomatoes. No, no, I no. didn't when I was a kid. I loved ketchup. My mom used to be like, "How do you like ketchup so much and don't like tomatoes? Like well, you don't, because they're not the same. Thing. You don't put strawberries on a salad. Like what are yeah, we you doing do. here? No, what are you talking about. No, you, yeah, you, you, you enjoy the the strawberry itself to put it on the salad, especially with a meat. Like that's just a little weird. Culture, son. Come on, listen. Step up. Let's do this. Like as you said, I'm 12 years old. I'm working on it. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Each one of Tiso's timepieces delivers quality performance and traditional luxury. The Tiso Chrono XL is a great watch for those looking for a sporty chronograph like me with Swiss technology at an unbeatable price. While the Tiso PR100 family of watches brings together sporty and feminine details for a collection that's bold, romantic, 
an ideal for the modern woman. Maybe that young lady that Travis was dancing with at the Chris Young show. Maybe if you get a TSO watch, the PR 100 family, maybe you could take it to that young lady. You give her a watch and homeboy who stepped in the way to try to give the Heisman. Shh, he got no shot. Yeah, he was boxing me out like Draymond Green. Dude, I'm telling you, he was jealous. Shop TSO at us.tsoshop.com and at select watch and jewelry stores nationwide. He was just jealous, man. He was just jealous. Dance you with were your, moving in on his girl. Dance with your girl. It, uh, you know, we've now educated America today. I'm not sure what we said. I have no idea what we said, but I do hope that they enjoyed it. Thanks so much to Travis for hanging out. I appreciate his devotion to this property. He always gets us such amazing guests. And next week we have an, an, an amazing guest, uh, Gerald McCoy, the newly minted member of the Carolina Panthers, great defensive tackle who comes over to Charlotte from, from Tampa Bay. We're thrilled to have him here in Charlotte. And I can't wait to chat with him about why Carolina, uh, what inspired him to choose our city to come represent the Panthers. We're thrilled to have him and his inspirations and his perspectives on so many different things. I've long admired Gerald for his amazing kindness. He just seems like such a kind guy, and he seems so fulfilled and so full of joy. And that's been inspiring to me for a long time, so I can't wait to chat with Gerald. Thanks so much to Louise for letting us do this podcast, to Dan Lebitard, everyone involved in the Lebitard and Friends Podcast Network. Thanks so much to our veterans uh, you guys know that I champion our veterans, and I always will. We are free for a reason, and it's our men and women in uniform all over the world. And those that are serving and those that have served, and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face, if you see them, you tell them. Tell them thank you, because without their sacrifice, you don't have the opportunity to walk freely through that airport or go in and choose whatever you want off that menu. So it's important that we do that. Thank you all so much for your devotion uh, to this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We need it. When you do that, it shows our sponsors, it shows TSO, and it shows ZipRecruiter how much our listeners care. And the reason that this podcast is free is those partners. It's TSO and it's ZipRecruiter, and it's all of our partners across, ES- across ESPN Radio and the podcast network here that allow us to do this for free so that you guys can consume it and enjoy it for nothing. So subscribe, rate, and review, please. Let us know what you think. We're reading. Travis is reading every single thing you guys send. So thank you for that. That is Volume 58 of the Marty Smith's America podcast. Again, Volume 59. We'll have the great opportunity to interview Carolina Panthers defensive tackle Gerald McCoy. I cannot wait. We'll try to do better. Y'all have a great week. Thanks so much.